I have this theory around, you know, people always say make vision boards and set goals and all this, this stuff. And I believe in that I do, but I also have this theory that like, I don't know, sometimes like life just like finds us in a way like you weren't like you didn't set out to create what you did, did you necessarily? It just kind of happens on accident. What's up and welcome to the very best self podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. What is up? And welcome back to the very best self podcast, you guys. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today's episode, man, oh man, oh man. Okay. So like I got like these new hats. I don't know if you've seen me on my Instagram wearing them, the Siegelman stable hats. I am a big fan of the hats. Uh, and anyways, this brand is like kind of like super blown up over, it seems like overnight, but you know, that's never the case, right? Nothing ever blows up overnight. So the guy who created it, Max Siegelman is who we have on today because I am just a sucker for always wanting to know that story, that, that story of how something blew up quote unquote overnight and how it rose to such popularity and success and the entrepreneurial story behind it. Uh, but this guy is really impressive. He was, he made it on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Uh, he's only 32 years old. Uh, you've got Aaron judge wearing his hats. You've got it's also a full clothing line, but you've got Kendall Jenner wearing the hats, Justin Bieber. I mean, all of these celebrities, you know, everywhere wearing them and Victoria Brown, of course, obviously. <laughs> um, but beyond that, he works at the biggest media company, Outfront Media. Uh, so he's got a full-time job as well. And he's like working in social media, dealing with major brands, um, just his, his repertoire of things is just wildly impressive. I was like, I got to get this guy on the podcast. I need to talk to him. Just want to know, you know, how he created what he's created and how he got to where he is. Cause I find it super impressive. Um, and he also seems like a super nice guy. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to him. So here we go. Welcome back to the very best self podcast. You guys, I am so freaking pumped for today's interview. Like I'm just really, really, really hype. I'm excited. So I've got Max Siegelman on the podcast today. So basically I wanted to have you on the podcast because I got my hands on these. I'm obsessed with the gear that you create, the clothing line that you have. Right. And so they sell out immediately whenever you guys do a drop. And so I'm fascinated by that because it's a somewhat new to the scene clothing line uh, that we'll call it, I guess. I don't know if you use the same term for it. I don't know, but it's somewhat relatively new to the scene. It sells out immediately. Everyone wants to get their hands on it right now, it seems like. But beyond that, in Googling you and Googling all that you do, I was like blown away. And I'm like, I've got to get this guy on the podcast. So I'm so excited for this interview and to have you on today. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you inviting me on uh, and pump the chat. 
Yeah. So essentially I'm like, okay, this brand is blowing up. Some might say overnight, but that's what they say about everything that just kind yeah. of pops on the scenes. And we know that that's never the case that it's tip that it's, you know, lots and lots of buildup over the years, uh, in creation. But beyond that, you actually have a full-time job working at the largest media company company in North America, Outfront Media. Um, you have worked with brands. So you do, um, you do social media and collaborations. You worked with people such as uh, Kanye West, Virgil Abloh, LL Cool J. This is just what I have Googled, Brandon Marshall. And you facilitate deals and collaborations with major, major brands. You've worked with Russell Athletics, Hype Beast, which is like, wow, so cool. Uh, Lexus, Chanel, Coca-Cola, like the list goes on and on and on, according to Google anyways. Um, and we're not done. This guy's on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. How old are you now? 32. 32 years old. I, my mind is absolutely blown. You're a marathon runner. Like what is there any, when do you sleep? Uh, I used to sleep a lot less. I feel like I sleep a little bit more now. I feel like the pandemic has like eased me into sleeping in maybe a little bit. Um, but don't believe everything you read on Google. A lot of that is true though. Um, there, there, <laughs> I've definitely had uh, an amazing um journey to wherever I am now, which I don't think we're anywhere close to the end, hopefully. Um, but I think like, I've just, uh, I've had a lot of fun doing a lot of different things um, since college and through that and before. Yeah, I love that. So I guess we're going to start really the main focus here is like, you know, this Siegelman Stable is this hat company. Did it start out as just a hat company or did it start out as sweatshirts? Yeah. So when I first started doing it, we did three different uh, colorway of hats and three different colorway crew neck sweatshirts. Okay. And that was literally the only six pieces that we made probably for, I want to say like first six months of doing this. Um, but when I first started, I really wasn't trying to do it and sell it to people that I didn't know. I was like literally just making it for like family and friends because I made it for myself. I started this whole thing with like two, 300 bucks. And was like just trying to remake some of the pieces I saw either like pictures of my dad wearing or I had like an original hat that he had from the 80s and an original jacket he had from the 80s that actually had my grandfather's name embroidered on the front. Um, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why don't I have any more of this stuff? Um, and then in the beginning of the pandemic, like obviously not traveling as much for work and doing all these different projects. So I was just like, why don't I just try making some of this stuff for myself and through my personal Instagram, just had tons of people hitting me up for it. Um, and then that's kind of when I decided to just at least start with opening a Shopify and let people order it without having to hit me up directly uh, to send it to them. Wow. That is so wild to me because it's crazy. I, I, I speak to so many entrepreneurs and I really love like the story of like, like bootstrapping something with like two or 300 bucks. But also I love the story of, I, I have this theory around, you know, people always say make vision boards and set goals and all this, this stuff. And I believe in that I do, but I also have this theory that like, I don't know. Sometimes like life just like finds us in a way like you weren't like you didn't set out to create what you did. Did you necessarily? It no, just kind no. of happens on accident. Yeah, kind of. And and I think it's like all of the stuff that you were just reading that you Googled, like came to a point where like I was doing a lot of social stuff and creative stuff and developed all these really cool relationships. Just I mean, not necessarily like paid jobs for some of those individuals you made, just like honestly, just like 
giving creative ideas with maybe certain things I had access to or just some like random stuff. Um, and I think I applied a lot of that from what I learned through those relationships and through some of those projects to what I could do with this and what made this somewhat easy and easy is not probably not the best word, but like the story of Siegelman Stable is kind of already written, right? Like I'm just taking my dad's story and I'm transitioning it through it and like telling it through like fashion and through clothes. Um, and everything we do stays so, so true to his brand story, whether that's a portion of the proceeds get donated to equine therapy programs, goes back to when he had a full racing stable, he would always open up his stable to um, different equine therapy programs or created a program for inner city kids from like Newark, New Jersey, who have never had the opportunity to see a horse or ride a horse or pet a horse and, and just give them an opportunity that they would have never have gotten. So I think it's just telling his story. And I think taking all of those tools that I learned and then applying it to something that's a piece of your family and a piece of your own history kind of makes it feel like it's so organic and easy that in the beginning of creating this, it's like, I didn't have to think twice about a lot. Right. So you grew up in, you know, going to the horse stable. And so, so this was actually just your last name and your family business. Yeah. So my dad is at his own racing stable since the eighties, hence the 1982 embroidery on the side of the hat. Um, he started at Roosevelt Raceway on Long Island before I was a uh, thought in the future. Um, and then I, I say, I like kind of grew up around horses, but like, I really didn't go to the racetrack that frequently. Like I never went to a lot of races. I definitely went to a lot more than like my friends or a random person would go to. Um, but it's not like I grew up riding or anything like that. Um, but I think just seeing like the passion that my dad had for it and all of the positivity and good things that he brought to at least his stable and the racing industry through his eyes, um, was probably super impactful for me, but I don't think I realized it until I started doing this more so. Yeah. And so a, pro a portion of the proceeds, everything that you sell goes back to equine therapy, right? Yeah. And, and depending on the project, we choose, um, a different, uh, equine therapy program. So when we did our collaboration with the San Antonio Spurs this past, uh, fall, we found a equine therapy program in the San Antonio area to, to donate money to. Um, but yeah, I mean, we try and, and hit up different equine therapy programs because, uh, again, it's a part of the brand story. So just continue on to stay true to it. Yeah. So are you someone, you know, that really believes heavily in, you know, the mental and physical health benefits of just being in nature and with animals? I yeah, I, I think like I've always been, I know you mentioned like marathon running and that's a thing in the last like five or six years. Like I've, I've like fallen in love with fitness. I played soccer during college, but was never like super into working out and fitness until probably closer to the end of my four-year college career. And then I haven't stopped since. Um, so I always thought physical was like, that was it for me. I think in the last like pretty recent six months to like a year, like understanding that mental health is a lot more important than not more important, but equivalent importance, uh, to your physical health. Like we, we live in New York, we go to these classes, you think you want to beat yourself up and that's just getting you better. And it's like, maybe it's with getting older, you start to realize like, it's not really all about that. It's an amazing balance. If you have that and you have the mental health aspect of it. And I think that that for me, um, I know we're still close to January 1st, so everyone's resolution, but to me is like a, 
a huge piece of what I'm trying to focus on, like personally. And then I think equine therapy is like when you're in front of these animals, it's like you don't think about anything else. Um, so there's programs for veterans who suffer from PTSD and it's like, you can't imagine the things that go through their minds or that they've been through. And when they're with these horses, they like really kind of set free and like, don't think about all of that stuff. So even if it works for you for 60 seconds, when you're first in front of a horse or through your program, uh, or whatever it is, like, uh, I think it makes a huge impact, uh, in your mental health. I mean, I totally agree. I'm a huge advocate of that. I'm a soul cycle instructor myself. And it was, for me, it was, it, what I fell in love with was like the way that you can connect mentally. And like, that's the reason that I fell in love with the workout. So, you know, it's like anything physical was just kind of like a bonus. That was the thing that happened, you know, kind of on accident. I was there always for my mental health, uh, because it felt good. And I honestly think 16 years ago, going on 17 years ago now, when soul cycle first opened, I actually genuinely believe that like mental health was such a, it wasn't talked about. People weren't going to therapy as much 17 years ago. Like it was not, I don't know. I think I personally believe it's like a huge reason why it grew to like such insane popularity so quickly because people didn't realize what was happening. They didn't realize that like that cutting that, you know, 45 minutes out of their day to like really connect with themselves and how it's way more mental than it is physical was impacting them in such a, I don't know, such an incredible way. Um, but I, I think it's the mental aspect. I really do. Yeah, totally. And I think it's balancing if you're into like those heavy, like hit workouts or, or whatever it is. I think it's being able to balance that the physical like strain and like enjoyment. Uh, and then also figure out how to balance that with, with figuring out your mental health. Cause it's, it's super important and can affect people around you and all that. So. Right. I always bring this up, but I, um, I had Dr. Amen. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is on the podcast. And, uh, he always says this one thing, which I, it has always stuck with me, which is it's our moral obligation to be happy. Really? And I mean, I'm like, this is like everything. Like it, yeah. it, it is. And like happiness and positivity, I'll loop into that too. It's like, it's so easy to be negative. Uh, and I fall into it just as much as anyone else, maybe more sometimes because I, I'm, I'm definitely a worst case scenario person. Uh, and that's easy to fall into that negativity side of things. Um, but I think that that's part of the reason, like, I'm really trying to focus on, on what we were just talking about. So, yeah, um, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. So how are you doing with balancing it all right now? I mean, with your mental health and, you know, making that something that's important and your physical health and having a routine and a life and your business is skyrocketing and you have a very important, you know, full-time job. Yeah. I mean, it's I think possible. Yeah. But how are you doing it? I'm, I'm, how am I doing it? I don't know if I can describe it, but I think it's just like, day by day and and try and like live in the moment. Sometimes I think like sometimes it's so easy to like not enjoy like these collaborations we're doing with people or, in, or, or teams or whoever it, it brands that we like, I would never imagine doing something with. Um, and it's kind of just like, take a step back and like, be like, I can't believe this is, this is really happening. And I think like taking just that 30 seconds or a minute to think about it and like, enjoy it helps you continue to move on. Like it's a little bit of a motivational factor. And I think like being an athlete my entire life, I think that like you start applying some of those things, uh, like self-consciously without even thinking about it. Um, but I'm good. I like, uh, I enjoy being busy, uh, pre pandemic. I was up at 5am every day to like get my 
physical workout in um, before going to an office or before starting a, a full day. And then I would try and somehow loop a few times in a week, a, a second workout after work as a, as a networking thing versus like going to dinner or drink. So I feel like obviously times have changed a little bit and a lot more people are working from home. But I think like, as long as you can figure out your time management balance, I think you can do a lot more than, than you think. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Sometimes I don't, you find, you find a way to make a way, (laughs) right? You definitely find a way to make a way. Um, Okay. So, I mean, listen, we're talking the people wearing these hats. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Okay. So we're talking Kendall Jenner, Camille Caustic, like these are the girlies that I follow, you know, of course I, and I see them wearing it and then I'm like, Oh, I got to have one. I just have to have it. Um, but you know, we're talking Justin Bieber. And then I think just past this past week, well, he's worn it before, but Aaron judge at the freaking was he at the Knicks game? Yeah. It was, uh, I think the first text I got was like someone I, I kind of knew who had my number and sent me like a video of the jumbotron with him on it. And I was like, it's cause he, he has worn it, uh, a lot of times I know personally has a lot of different colorways, uh, in his, in his closet. Um, but he's just, I don't know. He's fallen in love with the brand. There's, there's no other reason I had like when he first started wearing it, he was wearing like a Yankees colorway one that said New York on the side. And I had like sports radio shows, like calling me in to be like, so what's this mean? Is he staying in New York? Is he not staying in New York? I'm like, no, I don't know. He like buys the hats and he likes them. Like <laughs> there's no other, there's no other reason. And uh, like friends of mine from high school who are like huge Yankee fans, like you should have just created this like crazy buzz story and like pretended you knew. And I was like, that's not my world. Like, um, but no, like you should make a pinstripe one though. That would be sick. Yeah. And so we, we have, um, we have our first MLB collab this summer. We're, we're working on it with who, but um, I definitely enjoy the, the, uh, I don't know if I call it pinstripe. Um, but it's, uh, I guess it's pinstripe looking. Um, so we'll, uh, we definitely want to start including that. I mean, the way we design stuff too, just with any project is like, we kind of look at like the historical looks of either a team Jersey or that era of when that brand or who, whatever it is that we're working on was around and kind of apply it to like when Siegelman stable first started in the eighties. And that's kind of where we like pick up to start a project. So if we went back to the eighties, you'd see a lot of, uh, MLB striped jerseys. Um, yeah, exactly. but yeah, the other people you mentioned is, is, is crazy. Um, I think like Camille, I had no connection with, I was running late on putting a shoot together for a project. And I literally posted on my personal Instagram looking for a model in New York. Um, and she was literally the first person to DM me back and was like, yo, I'm stuck at the airport, call me. Um, and that's literally how it happened. Like, couldn't have been more wow. organic. She's the sweetest person ever. Um, we are remain friends. Like, we stay in contact with each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of wild, the uh, the attraction that, that some individuals uh, will get for us and the individuals who care to wear the product, so... Yeah. I mean, is it getting, is it getting old now or do you still get super hype when you get these like pictures of like these crazy, I mean, like Aaron freaking judge, like what? Super <laughs> is it hyped. Getting... Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's super hyped every time. Um, and, and to me, like, obviously that that's an important piece from like a marketing perspective. Um, but I think it's just as cool when I get off a plane at JFK or LaGuardia and I'm obviously wearing the hat and someone walks by me and they're and wearing the hat and they're like, nice hat. And I'm like, you too. And it's like, it's kind of just like pretty. But they random. don't know you're the guy. 
No, yeah. Or do they know? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's all. It's like very chain smoker. It's like these like two random white guys. No one really knows, you know. So it's like. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's like super, it's super cool to see. I think I, I think honestly, I get more excited when I see it in the wild, like on just random people. I mean, I'm not taking it away from any of those people you mentioned wearing it. It's yeah, awesome. of course. Um, but like when I see it in the wild, whether like walking around or in an airport or wherever, it's like, it's pretty white. It's pretty crazy. You're like, wow, there's some real reach here. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, we, I, I went to the MoMA maybe like a year ago, maybe even more than a year ago with my girlfriend. And the first thing we saw was like, this guy looked like he was on a first date. He was wearing the Navy and gold crew neck. And I'm like, that's all the art we need to see. I was like, we got to go. I was like, yeah, we're yeah, done here. Like, those moments, like really, I think like they're big motivational points, like to continue doing it. Cause not everything looks as pretty as it, as it seems like you see all these people wear it and, and all that. It's like, we're a two person show over here, like taking it day by day. Um, but it's super fun. I love it. So the drops happen, I think most of the time on Fridays, as I've noticed, like literally I've been on the other side of it where like my palms are sweating. I'm like, am I going to get it? Like, I gotta get it, you know? And, yeah. um, which is so fun. Cause it's like, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I only know SoulCycle to compare it to really right now in my brain, but it's like, you know, people book at noon and it's like, you want your specific bike. And like, they always tell me like, you know, their, their palms sweat. They're like, I gotta get this bike in your class. I gotta like, and they like freak out about it and stuff. But, um, cause they go live Mondays at noon, but anyways, the drops are happening on Fridays. Did you, I mean, it sounds like you, you've worked with Hypebeast. You've worked with like big brands like this, where they have these drops. Right. And so that's kind of like a popular thing to do. Was that, did you decide to do the drop because you like wanted to build the hype or were you just like a one man show when you first started this thing out and you're just like, this is all I can physically handle. It's just like a small inventory, like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it's a mix of both. Like, so I'll, yeah. I'll start with the, I was definitely a one man show. I was definitely living in a studio in Williamsburg and that was my office, my kitchen, living room, bedroom. Uh, and I was like boxing stuff up and sending it out. And it was easiest if I did it on Fridays and pack boxes over the weekend. And at the end of the day, like in, back in those days, like two years ago, uh, it wasn't like I was doing hundreds or thousands of, of packages. Right. So it's like, wasn't too crazy, but again, still a one man show. Um, but I think like, I looked at, I always wanted to combine things I saw from brands that I liked and that I thought were doing really interesting and cool stuff and figure out how to apply that. And I think creating hype was definitely a piece of it. I always like one of the goals when I first started was like, I want to see a Siegelman stable piece beyond a resale website. So I looked at like, I just had a conversation about last night, like Eric Emanuel, who makes quote unquote, the best mesh shorts um, has been doing it for maybe six or seven years. And he does drops on Fridays at, at noon um, and he'll sell out pretty quickly. And he's super successful doing what he's doing. Um, and I think that that model to me is super interesting. I think if you look at like the Nike sneakers app, it's the same thing. They pick a day, they pick a time you can sign up for an alert and that's when the drop right. is, and you're probably not going to get your sneaker. Um, so I think it helps build hype. It helps build awareness. Um, it helps build hype for the next drop. And then I think it helps build brand equity by having that resale factor. Um, so if you go on like Grailed or List or Macari or any of these resale websites, eBay, any of these resale websites now, and you type in Siegel and Stable, like there's definitely some pieces. Uh, check the other yeah, day. Yeah, I have one on there. 60 something. Dude. I ordered a sweatshirt and it's too, it, it was small, but it's too small on me. It was um, too tiny. Sweatshirt? Uh, I don't know. It's gray with the blue label on the front, I think, or blue logo. Okay. It well, was too small. So I posted it up there. 
well offline on that. Um, but I, I think that there's, I think that like seeing that's like <clears throat> having that brand equity, I think is, is, is insanely important, um, to continue to help move a brand forward and grow. Um, but I also always had in my mind, I wanted like a slow, steady growth. I don't want to all of a sudden make, uh, a million hats tomorrow or have them sitting on a shelf. Like to me, that that doesn't help build brand equity and that doesn't help build a brand. Um, so I've like kind of taken bits and pieces, seen what's worked, what hasn't, and tried to apply what I think I could do and I could have work for my brand and what what we have. So there was definitely some thought that went into it. Nothing ever works the way you 100% think it will. Um, but I tried to to kind of tra- stay true to that. And, and so far we have. Yeah, I mean, I I think the brand identity is, uh, it's it's just cool. I mean, like your Instagram is just cool. It's like, I don't know. There's not like a whole lot of, I don't know. Like the, I just love the photos of the horses and like, it just, it's just cool. I don't know. Um, so you're doing a good job with that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So how was it basically when this thing started to blow up and take off and you said you were doing this in your studio apartment in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. So at some certain point, like you're holding stock in your apartment at some point you had to get a warehouse at some point you had to, you know, kind of streamline this whole thing, but had having never done that before, how did you find the warehouse? Cause I think there's a lot of people who want to reach this kind of success in whatever field they're doing, but it's like that spillover. Maybe it starts in your home and starts in your apartment. A lot of brands start that way, but that leap into figuring out how to like, do you still box everything yourself? Probably not, but like. We, uh, so I will say it's, it's, there's no one, one way to do it. I think like you got to figure out what works for you. Um, and I, I think again, like going back to sports, like I, I knew what worked for, I knew what I was good at and I know what I'm not. And I think filling those voids with people who are good at it is the best thing you can do and not trying to do everything yourself. That being said, uh, we still pack our own boxes. We still send them out. Uh, I wish I had this warehouse you, you talk of. Um, a, a pretty okay size office. We just moved into a bigger one pretty recently. Um, we did try and like, you go through like ebbs and flows, you go through like trying to try something new and it may be an amazing thing and it may suck. Um, over this past summer, we tried using a fulfillment center, um, and get it off of our plate. And honestly, it sucked for three months. It was like the worst three months of Siegelman stable, I think for me. Really? And it was- yeah, it was like wrong products were being sent, wrong sizes were being sent, wrong colorways were being sent. And it's just like, I felt like I was losing control. I had them literally send me four pallets of all of my stuff from where it was back to me. And they just left it on the side of a road. And I was like on my own again to like bring it up to our office and figure it out. And be like, honestly, like three weeks after, I was like, this is the best decision ever. I was like, I know what's going out. I know this stuff's right. I'm not playing customer service for seven hours a week. And I was just like, if I'm playing customer service for seven, eight hours a week on email, like I don't have anyone answering, like it's me. Um, I mean, now it's not me always, but uh, like it was me. So it's like, I might as well spend seven, eight hours packaging my own boxes and send them out and know it's right. And if there's a few wrong, at least I know it's on me. So I think like, there's no right way to do everything uh, or only one way to do everything. I think you got to try stuff out. And I think just know that some stuff's going to work. Some stuff's not. Um, we're still learning like every day, like what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Um, and I think as we, like, we continue to grow, we'll find things that work to help fill voids and help give us more time back to do things that 
we should be focused on. Um, but I think we're in a good place now. Like we are doing like, again, like we're doing our unboxing. Um, I got an additional office for the holidays just to do fulfillment. Like, so you figure it out. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to start manifesting this warehouse that you're talking about. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, so is there any advice that you would give to someone who wants to start their own business? Uh, yes. Um, I think listen to everyone, uh, soak it all in, understand what they're saying, but look at it from a bird's eye view. If they're, if they've done it before, like take it with a grain of salt, cause it might've worked well. It might not have. And I always say like, if someone's telling you like, this is exactly what you should do, like a hundred percent, there's no other way to do it. Ask yourself, like, did they do that? Because if they didn't do it and they weren't successful doing that, is that really the right thing to do? So I think like, I'm a huge believer in like, you learn something every time you talk to someone, you, you like take in what they have to say, be a sponge, absorb it, but like take the things that you think it, you can apply the way you want to do it and then be able to, to, to go do it your way. Cause I think if you're just following what other people are doing or the path someone took, like you're not, you're not creating anything for yourself. And I, I think like to be an entrepreneur, to, to have your brand, like there's no one way to do it. So do it how you want to do it, but absorb stuff from different people and try to apply those. And if they work for you, then that's great. Great advice. Sound advice. Uh, so what's, what's next for Siegelman Stable? Anything you can talk about now or dreams you have or what you want to manifest in the future? Big manifesting day. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have like a, we have a full calendar for 2023, which is a huge blessing. I mean, it's amazing. We have our own stuff. We're working on some cut and sew stuff that we've never done, which is super exciting. Um, we'll have some dad hats coming out soon that I know a lot of people would be pumped about. I know the, the trucker five panel hat is not, not for everyone though. It's been very successful for us. We, we understand that we need to diversify a bit. And I think not being the quote unquote hat company, uh, like we have other products, I think is super important. Um, like we're, we're a brand beyond the hat. I understand the hat's our best thing. And it's the, uh, the billboard space of someone's head when they walk in somewhere. So like, it's amazing that that's been the, the product and the piece for us, but expanding, um, for being known beyond that. And then just the collaborations and the projects that we have, uh, with either sports teams or individuals or brands is like epic honestly it's like i i'm so so pumped um and would love to just like grow our team a little bit too at a certain point when the time's right like we were just saying like fill some voids of stuff that we're not the best at and not at our passions and someone might not have might have a passion for finance and it's not me so um let's get someone with that um but definitely surround us with some some good people um and uh so yeah we're super pumped for what we have ahead big things to come <clears throat> big things to come um okay so my last question uh that i ask everyone every guest on the podcast is actually quite similar to the question that i just asked you but that's okay what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self Younger Max. Younger Max. Um, continue to grow your relationships because you never know when your relationships either, I'm talking like girlfriend, boyfriend, brother, sister, mom, dad, and then also like networking relationships, businesses, individuals, et cetera. Like keep them all close to the heart because you never know what you're going to end up working on. Um, I think that there's, you, you never know where your path will lead you. Um, but there's a quote that's literally the background of, of my phone. Um, that's a Virgil quote and it's, uh, the only failure is not to try. 
And I think like that to me, I try and like live every day is like the only failure is not to try. So like you might as well try and go do it. Um, and I should probably repeat that every morning to myself and I don't. So maybe this is a good reminder for me, but I really think that that is something that everyone should, should look at. I think if you really want to go do something, you should try and go do it. Um, and not just do what you think everyone around you wants you to do. I love it. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for being on. I am so excited to watch the rest of the journey unfold. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. That is a wrap on today's episode of the Very Best Self Podcast with Max Siegelman. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Wow. I feel like I just learned so much in the last, you know, however long this episode was because, man, it just, I love doing this podcast because I feel like I'm so often reminded that you just, you just go, you know, he started with a couple hundred bucks in his studio apartment in Williamsburg. You just go. You take the leap, you do the thing, you create the thing, you know, and sometimes you just do things because you want to do them. I think the most inspiring thing about this whole, you know, brand takeover is to me that he started it because, you know, he's like, let me just like, you know, take my, my family logo and like make it just for my family. And then friends wanted one and it just kind of grew organically in that way. Uh, and I think that's what I find to be the most inspiring is just starting something because you're passionate about it, starting something because you care about it, not because you necessarily had this giant dream of this huge machine that it could become or the level of popularity that it could reach, but not that just because you love it. So that was the thing I found to be the most inspiring about today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can follow Max on Instagram at Max Siegelman. I think there's an underscore in between Max and Siegelman. Uh, Let's see. Yes, there is. And then, of course, follow them on Instagram. Uh, Yeah, so that's a wrap on today's episode. They are Siegelman Stable on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. Follow me at Victoria Brown. What else? What else? What else? I think that's it. Leave us five stars subscribe, share this episode with someone you love. And if you want to create something, just go out and freaking do it. That's what I got. That's what I'm going to leave you with today. Um, All right, guys, I'll see you next week. Thanks so much. 